0: Golf Podcast, presented by Golficity, where we bring you the tips, instruction, and support you need to get the most out of your golf game. And now your hosts, Frank and Mike. Hey guys,
1: welcome back to the Golf Podcast, this is episode number 352. In a minute, we're going to talk with Scott Stallings, three-time PGA Tour winner, and also a guy that I think as amateur golfers we can relate to uh, and actually learn from because of where he started from a health and fitness standpoint, and where he is now, right, right, you know. And I want to ask about this, but I had I heard a rumor that he was drinking ten Dr. Peppers a day. He was weighing like like two yeah. like hundred and forty five yeah. pounds, and 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 just even at a younger age, you know, in his in his late twenties, uh, just struggling uh, with consistency because of the fact that his body was not performing on a daily basis the way he wanted it to. But here's a guy who, if you guys who follow him on on social now, or if you see him out there playing on tour, you see he is in you know top physical form mm-hmm. and it, it takes time to get there it was not a overnight thing yeah
2: inspirational guy I've been following him for a while uh, he's a titleless guy you know um, great to watch he's been on tour for you know over a decade and yeah. just overall great guy I'm excited to talk to him because you know I-, I love the fitness part and part of you know my fitness journey you know has come from guys like him. Yeah. Watching them do it. Watching his body transform from that level. You just talked about 10 Dr. 10 Dr. Pepper's a day. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Can't even think about drinking one of those right now. Oh, uh, my God. But hey, I'm excited to have mom.
1: Yeah, me too. And like I said, not only just from it's always interesting and always fun when we get the tour players on the show to talk about and just get that perspective, because it's something that a lot of us as golfers, we all, all wish that we could live that life and be on tour. But also, again, just the idea that we can still learn something from it. So it, whether it be that you're a younger guy taking, you know, your health largely for granted, you know, you're going to learn something from this interview for sure. Uh, or otherwise, if you're uh, somebody who uh, has or is in the process of, of turning things around or looking for a a way or a pathway or some sort of like roadmap towards getting to where you want to be, I think Scott is a, a good Uh, example to follow because, like I said, it's not an overnight thing. Like we watched, it took, you know, five years for him really to transform to where he is now from a guy who, you know, working out, the idea of working out was far into his mind to a guy who's saying, like, now you know, doesn't go a day without working out. Right. And it's not just a flip of the switch. There was a process to get to that point. So I think you can, we can definitely learn a lot from it. So I don't want to take too much time here. We're going to, we'll do our Twitter tap in next week because I, I we got, we got a lot that we want to talk to Scott about. So I'm going to bring him on the show here in a second. Before we do I want to do a, a special thanks to this week's uh, sponsors, of course, Titleist and guys, the holidays right around the corner. Uh, it, it is, it is, can be a difficult sometimes to figure out what gifts to get people but if you've got a golfer on your lift on your list give the gift of title list you know there is no golfer on earth who's not going to have a large smile on his or her face when they unwrap a dozen pro v1 pro v1 x or the the avx golf balls uh you know you just tear it open you see that Titleist script on it and you know it's going to be <laughs> gift it keeps on one. giving that's Clark. exactly right that's <laughs> exactly right so guys make sure you know whether it be for the golfers on your on your list or even just for yourself off. You know, make sure to check out Titleist. Uh, like I said, the new Titleist, the Pro V1, Pro V1X, and the AVX golf balls. AVX has been one that's performed incredibly well for us. Uh, the new 2020 AVX has has made some even great gains, even over what was performing last year. Uh, and of course, the Pro V1 and Pro V1X. There's just no going wrong for the golfers on your list. So make
2: sure you pick one of those up. Great stocking stuffers, Mike. Always the best. Yes, always the best. Yeah. And uh, you know, this episode is also brought to you by ShotScope, the all-in-one GPS and stat tracking watch. Um, and guys, speaking of holidays, I yeah. mean, you're looking for a gift? Here's another great idea. Uh, the Shotscope... If you can get one. If you can get one. I just checked this morning. Still available on the Shotscope website. The okay. V, the v they got products. a
1: handful left. They've they just it, been so popular this year, it, their demand out far outweighed even what
2: they predicted. Exactly. That's for the reason why it's been sold out. And that's great. And we're loving it. And if you guys are sitting there saying, well, what are you talking about? The Shotscope Golf Watch, it's a GPS watch. It, it offers stat tracking uh, ability where it helps you improve. I mean, somebody else says, how does it help you improve? It's helped me because when you have all of this data... I mean, we talk about TrackMan and all the data you get. You know, we can't buy a TrackMan. What are they, $15,000? 20. be north a 20. Let's be, yeah, let's be, 20, let's be, let's be realistic. Yeah. But if we can have something that's tracking all of our shots, tracking our game, and then after the round we go back and we can look at all the places that we need to improve, and some of the places that we're playing well. You know, are we doing well off the tee? Are we missing greens? Are we missing fairways? So on and so forth. That's what the ShotScope V3 Watch will do. And hey. If you're not into stat tracking, no problem. Shotscope has you covered for just two hundred bucks. They've got the G3, which is GPS only, yeah. and it's super laser like we just used them recently doing that worst ball challenge. Yes, we compared it against a rangefinder it's spot on yeah spot on
1: yeah and, and another thing that I really like about it is now all the courses over 20,000 courses come preloaded in the watch yeah so really you just go out there you press play on the watch and your course pops up and you're I, ready to go this
2: is the time of year where everyone messages me or calls me family and they're like hey I gotta get that golf or something what is it yeah. what is it and I feel great that you reach out to me and I'm, I I always point back does he Does he or she have a good GPS watch the answer is no check it shot out shot scope yep Uh, Lastly, FootJoy, the number one outerwear brand in golf, they're committed to helping you extend the golf season as long as possible this year with rain jackets and outerwear for all conditions. The new FootJoy outerwear lineup is the all new in in the lineup is the all new Hydro Tour rain jacket. Love this thing, by the way. Mm -hmm. Designed to withstand the most extreme weather conditions, made specifically for golf with material that is quiet comfortable waterproof and it moves with you during the golf swing which is the most important hydro tour will keep you warm and dry uh, whether you're playing you know the northeast or the north coast of scotland i mean wherever you are this thing is going to work it's going to perform for you uh, hydro tour also features a pattern new dry seal collar which is a double collar i've tested it <laughs> we, you guys. Did test we it. tested <laughs> this double collar it moves the water away from the back of your neck not down it who wants to play golf with water tripping down their neck? Right. It's hard enough. Uh, no matter how hard the rain is coming down. So play more golf this year. Play better. Check out the Hydro Tour Rain Jacket and all the other industry-leading rainwear from FootJoy at footjoy.com slash M-E-D-P. That little double collar is the smartest thing. It's even got those little grommets there yeah. that just, it, you know, it
1: almost acts like a gutter system on your house. You know, yeah. as the rain comes down, instead of going down your back, it just kind of spits it out. It just spits it right you know, out. It's brilliant. It's, it's, it's brilliant. Man. It is brilliant. I love it. All right. So- Let's get to our interview with Scott Stallings now. Like I said, we even got a chance to take some of your questions on Instagram. And we'll pose some of those questions to Scott as well. If you're not already following us on Instagram, follow us at Golficity, because occasionally when we do have some of these guests on the show, we'll throw something in the story with a little spot there where you can drop your questions and appreciate everyone who did send your questions in. But let's go right to Scott now. All right, guys, on the line here, we're pleased to have three-time PGA Tour winner, Scott Stallings. Scott, welcome to the podcast.
0: Thank you guys for having me.
1: Yeah, it's a real pleasure to get you here. There's a lot I want to talk about. Um, We actually just last night we put a question out on our Instagram Mm -hmm. to our our followers. We said, "What are some of the questions you have for Scott?" So, guys, we will get to some of your questions as well. Um, But I think the the big starting place is just uh, just tell us like kind of where you're at right now, Scott. I mean, it's you you got a break this week. We're recording this week of Thanksgiving, Um, but you know what's going on for you right now.
0: Uh, I'm off, uh, I'm off. My next event will be American express in Palm Springs. So, uh, this is day two of my off season. Uh, I have done school pickup, (laughs) dropped off. I have, uh, done gymnastics. I've hung some curtains, (laughs) worked out a little bit. Uh, I've started prepping for Thanksgiving. So, uh, um, I've done some, a little bit, uh, uh, did a little bit of golf te- club testing yesterday, did some, I'll do some again today and then I'll kind of shut it down for about a week or so. And then, you know, I'll never fully get away from it. Uh, quarantine was great for that, but um, just kind of always, you know, our off season is not that long. So you got to kind of compartmentalize it and, and enjoy it while you can, but also kind of keep little touches. And, you know, I got some things in my game that I want to work on this off season, continue to improve upon. And uh, so, I won't ever have it get too far away from me.
1: Yeah, well you yeah, you're living that full dad life right mm-hmm. now. We can, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we, we can relate we can relate to that, <laughs> man, that's for sure. Um speaking of that, I wanted to ask you about quarantine. We we actually, you know, we've had a couple of players on the show lonto griffin we talked to him during quarantine everybody kind of had a different approach but it seemed like one common thread was that people were using it to take a much needed break now i know you're a guy we'll talk about your fitness you work out you know pretty much seven days a week um but even from a from a golf standpoint what did you use that time for did you just kind of shut it down or did you just level it down a bit
0: we got stopped march 14th no, I guess whichever way you want to call it the Thursday or Friday, the players.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, we flew home. I had my clubs in my travel bag and I had to do a, we talked about before you start recording the kids play free program that we do. Um, I had to record some content stuff cause we were going to do like a little challenge because golf was deemed essential cause it was outside. So we went and filmed a couple things and, uh, and that was almost seven weeks after quarantine, and I my clubs are still in my travel bag.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, so you, you effectively shut it down. Yeah, tell me about that, though, the, this this kids' program. Because, yeah, like you said, before we, we went live here, we started chatting about it. And, and anything, obviously, that, that brings more kids into the game is something that intrigues us. So how does that work?
0: Yeah, uh, so my financial manager is a good amateur player here in, in Knoxville where I live and um, just kind of held me accountable to you know, we do a lot of things with junior golf. Uh, do uh, three junior events uh, throughout the state, and you know, obviously a lot of stuff in professional golf and some amateur golf as well. But nothing to kind of like, you know, grow the game or you know, grow the game, right, right, uh, from from right. any kind of perspective of that, and you know, everything I did was always on the kind of elite side and never from the beginner or try to introduce people to, you know, the game that has given me more than I ever deserve. And I, so we just found out why do people not play? And it was time, cost and availability. And I just instinctively at a lunch meeting, it's like, well, what if we just got rid of it? Hmm. And he's like, what do you mean all of it? I was like, (laughs) yeah, let's just get rid of it. So I don't know if you guys follow wrestling and all, but our mayor in Knox County is Kane, the wrestler, okay. oh, yeah. <laughs> the, under, the undertaker's Take brother. brother yeah. And uh, he's a very big proponent of, uh, you know, community advocacy as far as athletes and um, got to partner with the Tennessee Golf Foundation and the Parks and Rec here in Knox County. And we're able to kind of use two par three facilities to kind of start and get the program going. And um, like we've talked about before, golf has exploded during quarantine during the pandemic people being outside and and the rounds of golf and the number of kids that have just started playing just to have like small introductions has been pretty crazy to see and and hopefully we'll continue and uh there's a lot of things you can learn uh both good and bad in the game (laughs) of golf and uh you know we're trying to do everything we possibly can to give people the opportunity to learn and and try to make where it's not a, a time concern a financial concern or just a an opportunity to actually get out on a golf course and you know we try to you know provide that as much as we possibly can
1: so it's safe to say then your, your hypothesis of removing those three barriers work right
0: <laughs> uh yes yeah it does uh, uh tremendously I do, I do a fundraiser dinner the last couple of years and uh you know, probably half the people are invited uh for, for myself and you know friends family different things that you know are part of the different things that we do here in town and then we kind of opened it up to the public and probably half the people i didn't know and i had this mom come up to me and she's like uh you know thank you so much for the program my son played nine rounds in one day <laughs> so I, I mean if, if i was a kid too and i was yeah. a, you know Uh, whatever. And they told me I could play free golf as much as I wanted. I would do it as well. I said, I was that kid. Um, and, you know, happily to be a part of it and, you know, continue to hopefully grow the program in the next couple of years, uh, to other courses and, you know, kind of, you know, not necessarily take away from anything the first tee does as far as education side, but be able to kind of utilize their, the way they kind of graduate and, you know, a little bit more of the instruction and kind of, you know, help them kids continue to grow to get better.
1: Yeah. And you know, not only is it growing the game, but also just giving kids like a safe, healthy outlet of a place to be, especially right now, like it's just they're cooped up and just being able to know that they're they're going somewhere and they're doing the right thing. That's I commend you on that. That's really excellent. Um, so just shifting gears, let's talk about you a bit here. So like I said, number one question that everyone wants to talk about is your fitness journey. I mean, the reality is I know you've talked about it a lot. It's been a long journey, but you're a different human being than you were five <laughs> years ago. I mean, it's, it's a remarkable change. Can you kind of just like in a nutshell tell us like where you were and what the motivating factor was to make these significant changes that you made?
0: Uh, I guess probably the biggest thing that, you know, people want to know is though, what did you weigh? What do you weigh? I mean, people are fascinated by like numbers and things like that. I mean, probably the biggest I was, I was probably 250 pounds at one time. Uh, but when I finally had like the realization and I was like putting actually metrics behind it, I was 232 and 26%. that was like when I first went and it was like, all right we're fixing this. Like mm-hmm. we're going to, we kind of had, we'd laid the groundwork. I had my sinus surgery. I'd, you know, and, and honestly it was, it was to no one's fault other than my own. And it was just, you know, ignorance and negligence combined. And I mean, neither one of those things are great, but combined it's detrimental. Yeah. And, and let alone you're trying to play against the best players in the world and go out there and everything's on a knife's edge as far as the margin of error. And I was just, you know putting myself further and further behind the eight ball let alone before I even hit a shot yeah so um you know I kind of took my health for granted and thought I could do what I want when I wanted it and uh thankfully had a bunch of good people come around and kind of point me in the right direction and uh, I was able to make some small changes and then kind of grew and you know the number one question I get on Instagram or social media or anything is like, you know, what can I do to do what you did? I was like, man, make one better decision today and then do it again tomorrow. And then make one more after that. Cause I think people make these grandiose plans of, I'm going to, I mean, just take the golf side, like, and you're going to, you know, someone's like, I'm ready to get better at golf. It's like, I'm going to be, I'm a putt great. I'm gonna drive it far. I'm a chip great. And I'm never going to miss a green. (laughs) good luck yeah good luck good luck
3: yeah yeah like
0: I mean you you have to kind of crawl before you walk I mean the same thing that goes into you know health and fitness too like everything cannot just fall into place it's kind of got to build a little bit of momentum and once things kind of getting rolling downhill uh then you can kind of just everything kind of falls in line and I mean I had some great people come around me and kind of point me in the right direction I've got some some of my best friends kind of came through that time i'm getting ready to see a couple of them i've got a gym in my backyard and got some guys i train with and we're training this morning um and just kind of continue to push yourself in the right direction and the same mentality is i'm um, not satisfied with where i am today i'm gonna try to be better tomorrow and um you know that not only, not only goes for golf but health and fitness and kind of what we do with with my family and and kind of just a all-encompassing I don't like the word mantra, but I mean, that's just kind of the overall general idea as far as how we try to operate.
2: Hey, Scott, when you go through such a huge transformation, I mean, do you go through a dramatic change of equipment? Is it just a lot of new changes? I mean, the body's changing dramatically. I mean, did you go through a number of different testings, things like that?
0: Uh, yes and no. Um, you know, a lot of times, you know, my equipment was kind of built around, uh, and and trying to help me, you know deal with some of my inadequacies i guess mm-hmm. just you know you know super inconsistent delivery uh you know, kind of got up underneath it a little bit you know hit it way out to the right and you know just not a very efficient driver with ball um and you know kind of hot and cold and you know eventually kind of get myself in a position where i could kind of handle the wear and tear of covering it up and kind of keeping my you know my chest on top of the ball, which is not a real real thing, but that's what people like to talk about. Um, And, you know, just be a little bit more efficient and kind of handle the wear and tear. I mean, everybody sees Thursday through Sunday. No one sees like the travel and the practice Mm -hmm. and everything that goes into it. Everyone's like, Oh, just tournament golf's great. It's like, It is great. I feel like I have the best job in the world, but there's a lot that goes into it that no one sees. Sure. (laughs) yeah, Mm -hmm.
1: No doubt about it. And going back real quick to that incremental thing you were talking about, like we're coming up, it's, it's November, we're coming up on January first, when everyone's gonna do that same thing, where they want it, they make these big plans to go to the gym and going from like from nothing to all the way, and then we see a lot of that drop off. They talk about how most people that that same gym or gym membership is quit on by January thirty first. So here, you know, I think this is the relatability. First of all, you said you got yourself your body into a position where it kind of snuck up on you, your health, because it's so easy until you've had like a bad health moment, especially when you're young like that. I mean, you were in your twenties, right? you like back mm-hmm. then, like it's, it's easy to take things for granted, you know? And I, and I heard the story, you got to tell me if this is true, but they said you were drinking like 10 Dr. Peppers a day. Is that
0: uh, sh- honestly, man, that's probably the bottom end. I think you know, <laughs> like if I actually did the math, like it would be terrifying,
2: oh but, my God.
0: Uh, I was, um, I was playing with the gas Sunday in sea Island and I was wearing a, a glucose monitor. We we're testing a couple different ones that were kind of monitor like 24 hours Yeah, and you kind of wear it, you know, and understand you know, when I play, when I practice and can just kind of understand like just how the ebb and flow of activity changes, you know, your just glucose levels through all parts of the day. And, um a guy that i was playing with started laughing he's like man i read that article he said you definitely got
3: diabetes (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and
0: uh, i mean it kind of looked like an insulin pump the one you put on your arm but it was just more just a monitoring thing but he started asking questions like man how in the world and i said man like it was I, i started my day i ended my day and that's the you know people you know, kind of, I don't know if they overreact or whatever, but you actually see the reality of it. But I guarantee I am not in the minority of people that that's what they do every single day. Well, that's what I mean.
1: And I'm sure there's so many like young guys listening to this, that you just take it for granted because you're young and you're healthy. You don't, you don't realize how bad you feel until you have a something to compare it against. So for like those type of guys, I think it's that motivation to say, hey, look, you may feel good now and be able to do whatever you want with your body, but that's going to change real quick. (laughs) And then you're going to have to get to where you, you know, where you're doing now. But what is it? Like that incremental thing again. Like I think people saw you then and they see you now and they see you working out like seven days a week and all this other stuff. And they try to jump from where you were to where you are. But you didn't do that. I mean we're talking about a five year Mm -hmm. journey. So like where did you start? Like, I know there was that realization, like, like I got to change something, but how did you set yourself up that it wasn't going to be so quick that you set yourself up for failure? Like where was your starting point?
0: I remember my like first workout was like a TRX, like Y's, T's and W's, which is like, uh, I mean, it's something compared to what I was doing, but at the moment it was difficult. <laughs> right? <laughs> right, and, and I had to do like, you know 25, it was three rounds, 15 reps each, 25 like single skip jump ropes, and like a uh, like a turf field run, mm-hmm. run, right?
1: Yeah. Fast walk, <laughs> jog, yeah. Jog, yeah.
0: <laughs> jogging, jogging, <laughs> yeah. And I was like wrecked. Um, and it was just kind of the reality of you know, man we got to be better than this. And then, be you know, the gym is kind of, and, you know, not to get like melancholy here, but like the, the idea of like seeing, you know, everyone kind of sees people get in problems with like substance abuse and different things like that. Mm -hmm. Like, to be honest, that was probably not far off for me not that saying that that was something that i contemplated but i could see how people got there yeah now after knowing just not not knowing having the you know every single day what was going on with me why was there? but i just my trainer pt adam Curley he's one of the guys that i'm gonna see with he travels with you know five or six guys on tour now i mean he was just a, a kind of run-of-the-mill friend the guy that kind of helped me through some injuries uh and then started traveling me on tour in 2014 and kind of helped that whole process. But I mean, he was the one that kind of was the go between and trying to just introduce me to getting me in the gym. And that's kind of where I went good days, bad days in between. It didn't matter. Mm -hmm. You know, I I knew that at some point I was going to feel better leaving than when I did, when I walked in and, you know, understanding that you can find a lot of resilience and, and overcome a lot of different things by just trying to push yourself and and being okay with being uncomfortable and knowing you're gonna put yourself in a spot that man, I'm gonna do this and I'm not really gonna enjoy it during, but I'm gonna come out on the other side. I'm like, man, I'm I'm proud of what I did in there and I'm I can't wait to do it again tomorrow.
1: So you're saying those early days really the goal was just showing up. You know, getting yourself up.
0: there. Once you showed up and then eventually you started
1: to develop the rhythm. Like now you enjoy You enjoy those workouts, right? I mean, you feel better when you do them, but in the beginning, it wasn't like that.
0: No. And I think when you start talking about like the January, like the fitness fad and and everything like, oh, I'm going to change my life. And I think like if someone can make it a month and like just general consistency Mm -hmm. is uh, and everyone, you know, talks about, you know, consistency and all throughout, like, you know, and that same thing goes to just by being there and having a part of your routine. I tell everyone, ask my training schedule. I said, well, it's not a matter of if and when, it's just a matter of what time of day. And like, I was joking with you earlier about the dad life. Like, I mean, I was, I was squatting in my gym with my dog at eight o'clock last night. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) just, I just, I, I hadn't kind of, you know, my day kind of got away from me a little bit with the kids, which is fine. And I knew that I, this is going to happen at some point it, it's going to be four in the morning or 10 at night. Like it's the, you know, the work's not going to do itself. And yeah. I think a, a lot of people, if they can just, you know, kind of build into a routine and, you know, a little bit goes a long way mm-hmm. and like the guy's not going to run the marathon 26 miles and he can't run a mile. Right. And, uh, you know, you start to see different things like that. And, uh, you know, I think it's human nature to kind of where people put themselves in that spot of, You know, these daunting, you know, grandiose gestures of I'm going to fix everything now instead of, man, the the burnout factor and the realization of, you know, you make it so difficult and so pressing, like it's all like self-imposed. Like no one – it's all – the the pressure is put on you like you're taking everything in and it's like oh i have to do this i have to do this and this like the realization is man we're going to do one of those things we're going to build and build and build and continue where it just all kind of takes care of itself yeah and but if those people can make it to february 1st it is shocking to see the number of people that will hold on and, and make it throughout So
1: yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's setting yourself up for success. It's like that example you said earlier about with golf. It's like you know, not trying to all of a sudden I'm gonna do all that, but like just say, hey, if I get like one percent better at putting, you know, it's going to translate, and then and then from there, each season having those smaller goals, it gets you to where you are. Because like I said, your your journey, it's like it's easy to look back and see like a before and after and this huge transformation, but really it was a lot of time, and it was it's the slow steady. You know, the marathon, as you were saying, more than anything else.
0: Yeah, I, um, I you know, we play with these guys in these programs all the time. It's like, you know, I'm going to become a single digit handicap. I'm like, OK. I was like, well, what what's your handicap now? It's like, I don't know. <laughs> like, How are you going to become a single right. digit handicap if you don't know, like, what, what your starting point is? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people like, oh, I'm going to lose weight. I was like, do you know how much you weigh? It's like, no, mm-hmm. but I'm just going to lose weight. I mean, I know people that are in better shape than they were, and they're heavier. Yeah. You know the scale is a is a great tool, but in used in you know it, just like TrackMan. Right. Like TrackMan is an unbelievable tool, but if I set you up, you know, twenty yards to the right, and you're aiming at the tree twenty yards left, you know, I've ruined you.
1: You're right. Right.
0: <laughs> and it's all just understanding and how to interpretate and your interpretation of you know what tools you put in front and kind of what metrics you use to measure it and you know. Uh, I think there's a, a lot of ways to utilize things like that, but you know, not all information is is great information unless you truly understand, like truly how you're going to apply it and help make some you know drastic change. Yeah, like I, I think all those things are, but put it in the wrong hands and in the wrong circumstance can be majorly detrimental.
1: No doubt about it. I mean, like you could take like a heavy set guy and a thin guy, and then the heavy set guy could have a ton more mobility. So it can be like kind yeah. of a sneaky thing and like not realizing, but you know, speaking to that, like let's talk about what's going on with some of this stuff on the PGA tour right now. You know, you seeing guys like Kepka and uh DeShambeau and stuff like that where fitness is becoming like the number one most top to talk about topic, it seems. Um, but in that way, it's I, I you know, talk about quantifying. I mean, Bryson's a guy who seems to put a number on everything. Um, but what is what's your thinking there as far as what guys are doing? With their bodies, is, is this something that you think as as a generally a good trend, or do you think we're we're swinging the pendulum too far? What's your thoughts there?
0: I think uh, giving the general idea that golfers are <laughs> uh, athletes, <laughs> athletes, <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> yeah. is a, is a good thing. Um, that is a good thing. Uh, yes. One of one of my best friends is a UFC fighter, and uh, I went out to Vegas with him. And we went and trained at the UFC thing, which is amazing. Their facility out there is incredible. And I had this guy, and he just followed me around for a long time. I mean, I was touring and He was showing me all around. And this guy was just kind of with me. And he kept asking me if I need anything, this and that. And I said, man, uh, what's going on? He's like, man, we just cannot have a, a PGA Tour player getting hurt in our facility. Uh-huh. He's like, we just don't know how a golfer works out. I'm like, Oh, like, I mean, he was basically just babysitting just to make sure like I wasn't going to like injure myself (laughs) while we were there. So changing that persona would be not necessarily the worst thing for golf. Right. But, um, you know, everyone has their own thing and Bryson definitely has his way of going about it just like everyone else. And, you know, but I think overall, you know, general fitness improving across the board is great. And you look up and down the range, man, everybody's doing something, Mm -hmm. yeah you know, they may not look like it, but you can't get to the level where we're at and not continue to try to push yourself and just be more resilient. And I think, you know, you see the guys more and more and more, you know, they're stronger, faster, and they're just able to take more wear and tear and, you know, just handle what happens on the road. And, you know, this is my 11th year on tour and I've had some, you know, little injuries here and there, but yeah, you know, I've done pretty good as far as managing it and kind of understanding it's you know kind of what it takes to you know play so many events throughout the season and and you hear it like some of the older guys too like man I didn't I didn't take good care of myself to, at the start of my career and I'm kind of paying the back end of it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, you, y'all see when Fred Funk made the cut at uh, Bermuda, I played with him on Saturday, <laughs> and with me and uh, Fred and Patrick Rogers, who's you know he's a pretty fit guy as well. And Fred shows up on the tee and he's got a Theragun and he's got it in his back. And we're like, we haven't teed off yet. I was like, Fred, uh, like, am, is that what I have to get to look forward to?
2: <laughs> and he's
0: like, man, he said, you're way ahead of anything we did when I, we were your age. Yeah. Like you guys are, and just, you know, y'all keep doing it. Like, don't have to walk down the fairway with a Theragun when you're 60 years old mm-hmm. to play. Like, no, just, you know, y'all are, it's, it's trending in the right direction. He said, we never even thought about that. And it was all reactionary rather than preparatory. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Like I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna react because I don't like that I feel this way instead of, I'm gonna prepare so I never feel that way. Yeah. And I think that's what you're seeing guys deal with and you know, every you know, whether it's a, a PT or a trainer or a nutritionist or whatever, everyone's trying to improve and and you know, kind of figure out different ways to kind of to bridge the gap and, and go and, and I mean it's constantly evolving too. Yeah. And, you know, whether it's the fitness side or the sleep side or the recovery or or whatever, I mean, there's a lot of ways to, you know, kind of, you know, pick off little things that can make you know drastic improvements across the board.
1: Yeah, we're seeing it like everyone is kind of leveraging this new technology, but you guys are right on the cusp of it. I mean, you're like, it's like the first generation of, of golfers, really, because you're just talking about only 20, 30 years ago, either fitness was not widely known or how to use it. And there's even almost this, this weird trend to like, Every time someone is getting a little fit, to almost like question it, like is he doing too much? I feel like that's all we hear. Like, uh, oh, Rory, is is he is he doing too much? Is he putting on too much muscle? Uh, oh, is he gonna hurt himself? T- you know, did Tiger do too much? It's a similar thing, but also as you said, it's a good point that now we're training with a purpose we are measuring better than we ever did before. I mean even look at I like to see even the, the tour is embracing things like whoop you know uh, on a on a broad scale it's it's yeah there you go yeah he's where so I mean I think because we're doing it smarter intuitively to me it says this is the right path but it is still funny to see how much of the criticism comes back when you see guys starting to get in shape the first question is up oh, is he changing too much Is he putting too much strain on his body? But what? How much strain are you putting on your body when you're not working out and eating whatever you want? Right? I mean,
0: yeah, literally, I uh, like, I don't know. I think emotionally shut down would be like when I'm sure. Do you feel like you've done too much? Like I legitimately probably post a quarter of you know the actual training stuff that I do, just because honestly, man, it's not worth my time to just hear the naysayers. Right. Like I feel confident in what I'm doing and. And, you know, most people resonate with that really well. And, and honestly, you know, people, you know, those people are going to be those people, no matter what you say, you know, you're doing too much. Oh, now you're not doing enough. And, and honestly, like, I don't live my life trying to appeal to those people. And, you know, if, if I make a difference in a few people's lives to try to help them not make the same mistakes that I did, then it was all worth it. And you know, ultimately that's, that's the end goal. And, you know, trying to push myself to be the best on and off the course I possibly can. But I think the common misconception too, in fitness and like uh, Camillo is a good friend of mine and, you know, golf is what we do, but you have to have an escape. Like you cannot do what we do on a daily basis and not figure out a way to get away from the game. Mm -hmm. And like everyone asks like, man, why in the world does that guy ride his bike across the entire state of Florida? Like, I, I personally do not want to do that, but I can understand why he does that. And that's where he goes to get away. Yeah. I mean, it helps his endurance, helps his cardio, helps his overall fitness. And he's super fit as it is. But at the end of the day, man, he gets on that bike, throws the helmet on and just goes I mean, the same way, man. I go in there, ride a workout on the board and I can completely care less about golf. There is some residual effect of just mental clarity and some different things, but not a hundred percent of everything I do. Right goes right into, man, this is going to be me a better tour player. Mm-hmm. Like there has to be a little bit of disconnect. There can be some overlap throughout, but there has to be a little bit of a mental break to kind of take you to kind of get out of your own head. And man, hearing those weights hit the ground will do that. And that's you know kind of the way. I mean, everyone's different, right? But like hearing that thing, bang off there, or, you know, you know, going to take off on a long run or something like that, man, it's, it goes a long way. I had my worst strokes game putting, my career on Saturday worst stroke scan putting, it was windy. The greens are quick. I was putting it all over creation. <laughs> and I literally, I handed my clubs to my caddy. And it's like, if you hear a guy that ran to Atlanta and back, uh, that was me. And I just put my headphones on and I took off like a 10 mile run. I got done. Never even thought about it again. Went out Sunday, played fine, shot a couple under and you know, and it was it, it was over. And instead of I'm going to go sit on the range and grind and, and work on it and just understand, man, you know, we play a very, very fickle game for a living and, you know, sometimes crazy weird things happen and you just got to figure out a way to get away from it. And, uh, yeah. yeah, that's kind of the things that I do.
2: Yeah, yeah. it's funny you bring it up. I, I had it here as a question for you because you know a lot of our our audience were amateur golfers, and we talk here on the podcast about the mental side, uh, how to avoid the blow up hole, how to come back after a bad round. I mean, I hate to add more salt to that wound, but sep- yeah, seventy eight Saturday bounce back sixty eight Sunday. It's a ten stroke swing at the RSM. So what? H- how did you do it? What What did you do different when you stepped on the tee box Sunday? I mean, how could we relate?
0: I didn't, I mean, I went out there and I tried to hit the fairway on the first hole and,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, go from there, man. And it's the same idea. And, you know, I think a lot of people, when they can't explain it and that's when the freak out happens and they start to like, you know, I'm going to find it or I'm going to figure it out.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: I, mean, I mean, we have the, the advantage of having all the data at our, and even what you see online, like, man, we have access to. I mean, <laughs> <Okay>.
1: too
3: much. <laughs> all David. that, yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: honestly, yeah. Honestly, you're you're right. Too much, but you know we can and start to kind of put a little bit of an idea. of, Hey, this caused this, and man, you know that that's the answer. But I think when you look at it like, man, you know, I didn't feel like I played that bad. You know what happened? I mean, you can kind of put. It's not very hard to look at some stats and be like, man, I putted like an idiot and you know i'm gonna go out there and try to do a little bit better tomorrow and and then you start to figure out it uh, you know what was my focus when i was putting you know was it speed related was it you know just outcome hey i'm just gonna make everything i mean the greens were a couple feet faster the wind blew you know saturday afternoon you know kind of all these different things kind of taken in into account it's like man your speed gets off on some you know slick bermuda greens with some wind man (laughs) it doesn't take very much to get off and you kind of ex- explain it, kind of deal with it for a second, be frustrated and then move on. Uh, and that's yep. the easiest way to deal with it and kind of find a way to kind of get away from it. the worst thing you could do in that situation is to go beat yourself up and continue to put yourself in that environment where uh, you know, you could potentially lose a few clubs some <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. durability and yeah. um, you know, kind of go from there. The best thing, I mean, my caddy's a caddy for me for five years. He literally, I said, what do you think? He's like, I'm going to put these clubs in your car and we're leaving. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, like, I would good. like to, I would like to have all these clubs in this bag tomorrow and I'm not a club breaker right. by any means, but he's just more just making a joke of yeah. it. I understand man like you do what we do enough. Like you're going to have a day. It's like, Right. Yeah. I got nothing, man. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to come back and we're going to do the same thing. We're going to come out here and we're going to wear it out. Right. And I'm mean, going to play a solid right. round. I mean three birdies, two bogey, or three birdies and a bogey, and, you know, played solid, drove it nice, rolled it nice. Like, it, it just is what it is. And, you know, I don't really take too, too much into account and, and kind of go on from there. I think people try to, like, make it more than it is and understand that it, it, at the end of the day, it is golf. Right. And it's the only sport in the world where you can do everything right and still get a better result.
1: It's true. So that, <laughs> yeah. that, that and that's it, why that so many it clubs end like, up broken. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so if I tell you like all right, 178 back, right tuck pin went in off the right. I'm like, man, I want you to just hold it in there and, you know, kind of hold it against the wind. And you just like 10 out of 10, you do everything I said. And one hops hits in the bottom of the flag and comes out and rolls off the green and goes in the water. Like, yeah whose fault is that right
1: mm-hmm.
3: right you did
0: everything that right absolutely everything right or how many times you see you remember that charles howell shot from the farmers when he like flew it in the hole and it came in the water yeah i mean that's to like win the tournament <laughs> like that guy did 100 uh, full commitment executed the shot to the best of his yeah. ability and he made a six
3: yeah yeah. And
0: his ball literally flew in the hole. So I think just with that mindset, not that you just go out there and be like, huh, anything can happen because right. you still want to go out there and, and perform to the best of your ability. But understanding that there are a lot of strange things. If you've done this, I mean, this is my 14th year as a pro. I have seen all sorts of weird things happen, like mm. just unexplainable Yeah. <laughs> to just the fact of like, that's just golf, man. And people use the fact that easier and the, the faster you learn to deal with it and get over it, the better off you'll be.
1: Yeah. I'll tell you what, Scott, it is our fault because of the, we're the ones who choose to play this crazy game. <laughs> full well knowing that that's what's going to happen. But i tell you what, before we let you go talk about equipment, I want to talk about one thing, you know, you, the stamping on your wedge. All right, so we're always interested in this. We've worked with Aaron Dill before. AD is the man. Uh, I know you you play Voki, so I'm imagining that Aaron did your stamping. But we we hear that one of those wedges is stamped "Pay the Man," and I got to hear the story mm-hmm. behind this.
0: So one of my good buddies, uh, Josh Bridges, is a Navy SEAL, uh, big CrossFit guy, um, and I met him uh, just through a mutual friend of ours, Rich Browning, in Cookeville, Tennessee, and. Uh, we were out playing San Diego farmers and I went to Josh's house to work out and I did not know him near nearly as well as I do now. And I didn't know what pay the man meant. And I, I honestly thought he was just trying to be a jerk. And you know, he's this big, super CrossFit guy yeah. working out his house. And I legitimately thought he was, like he wanted me to pay him to work out of his house. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> right. Right. And I was like, man, this guy's an idiot. Like what? what I'm out. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, and no, he's like, no, it has nothing to do with that. And he was talking about, you know, the seals and your, uh, successes and it's own. rents do every single day. And, you know, I just kind of extrapolated my own ideas as far as you have two things you can control every single day, your attitude, and your effort, your rents do on both every single day. Cause you approach every situation. Like, man, if my attitude and my effort are appropriate, I can deal with anything, mm. you know, that's on the course, off the course life in general, and just kind of how you approach every situation, the stuff that you deal with, you know, you build up some resilience, you build up some toughness and, and understand that it doesn't matter what comes my way, you know, plug line the bunker, miss flight, flat tire, whatever, man. Like, you know, let's just figure out, and continue to have a solid attitude going for it and put forth the effort to kind of make through it, you know, whatever, whatever that is we have to deal with that's that's awesome
1: si- simple enough mantra to live by hard in the discipline to do it and that's really that's really cool stuff the,
0: the amount of people that see that and they're like oh like you're just all about money it's like that literally has absolutely not a single thing to do with anything of monetary value at all yeah and if that's the the idea then you're completely missing the boat that's the also the same guy that's like you work out too much or oh no right. you don't work out enough right, right. right that's right. that same guy
1: it's the it's the last guy you're worried about that's for sure all right <laughs> literally
0: so- i I, I'm not worried about him at all. <laughs> no, not in one bit.
1: So real quick, before we let you go. So 2021, any big goals for you career-wise? Anything that you've set for yourself that I know, you know, it, it's a crazy season. We're talking about the super season with, you know, multiple majors and everything like that. Uh, but anything for your standpoint of goals that you've set for yourself, you know, on, on the course?
0: Yeah, <clears throat> I've never made the tour championship. Uh, that's always a huge goal. And I continue to kind of put myself in that, you know opportunity to walk down magnolia lane again is always a goal especially coming around april and i live in the south um you know i have some physical stuff that i'm trying to work on as well I, t- I tore i talked about injury earlier i tore cartilage in five of my ribs in 2012 and you know, kind of been able to figure it out through different data points that we like to talk about and utilizing some different metrics to realize that that has kind of caused some things that i've kind of built my swinger around mm-hmm. and probably should have been dealt with on the front end and um so i'm gonna enjoy some time getting that broken up and kind of be able to free some stuff off on a backswing and uh, you know utilize the opportunity to you know some strength to be able to do the things i feel like i'm capable of doing and um it's the first few weeks of that are not going to be super enjoyable but uh, build me up and be able to kind of handle it uh, for the long haul and, you know, hopefully be able to do the things that I want to do on and off the golf course.
1: That's awesome. Well, listen, man, when you come back out of that dad dad life in a couple of weeks, you know, uh, we, we wish you all the best when you do get back there on the course. And uh, I hope you have a really tremendous 2021 season
0: awesome man well thank you guys for having me y'all got anything else
2: no that's that's pretty much it mike anything else you wanted to, to cover all i gotta say is hey i've always wanted to come to uh tennessee i wanted to go to nashville so if we find ourselves in tennessee hopefully you could uh, show us some good food and some good golf
1: there you go
0: absolutely we can handle both man. we yep. got it all maybe awesome.
1: get a good workout into a good workout <laughs>
0: yes we, go. we can definitely do that uh, awesome
1: all yep. right scott again thanks for coming on the show it's great chatting with you
0: all right thank you guys for having me thanks scott
1: All right. That was, that was a lot of fun. That was great. You know, what a, what a really, you know, cool down to earth Mm -hmm. guy Scott is. And like I said, so relatable because I mean, I I've done it. I think so many people have done that where you just, when you're young and you can, I mean, I remember dude, when I was little, like my, when I say little, like in my teens, even Mm my, my brother and I used to be, we would just split a, a thing of Oreos. Oh Yeah. Like now, if I eat two Oreos, I'm like, uh, I'm pushing the limit here, right? (laughs) Right. But back then, we would literally take a box of Oreos, open them up, and each eat half of it. Sure. Right? Mm -hmm. And you don't really. Watching down with Coca Cola. Yeah, you're young. Yep. You have a couple Twinkies, whatever. But you're young and you're just like, you know, you don't think about those things. But then, you know, when you're a guy like Scott and it gets to a point where there's something in your life that forces you to think about it and in his case it was starting to realize like hey i'm i'm an elite athlete here i'm playing at the highest level of golf and here i am drinking 10 dr pepper's and then struggling to, to walk through an 18 hole round that's the wake up moment but everybody might have different wake up moments but i would say even if you're you are one of those younger guys and you haven't had your wake up moment yet yep. you know maybe use somebody else's to your advantage and realize look at look at the way scott is is playing now look at look at you know his overall just uh outlook uh, on life and things like that and just realizing a large part of that is just by getting healthy and, and prioritizing himself he's, you know he's had a good career he has that had looked. a great career. three 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 wins on the pga tour you know uh continues to to be competitive um Making you know, cuts and making bucks. Making cuts and making bucks, as we like to say. Yep. Yeah. But I'll it, it, tell you what. It, it was, like I said, it was an interesting thing to learn from. And, and uh, I'm excited to see how he and all the tour pros perform next year in this incredibly long 2021 season that I'm we're going to have. It. Yeah. Yeah. The, yep. Fingers crossed we're going to have with no more delays or cancellations. Yeah, I mean, fingers crossed we got fans
2: coming back, too. So, let's just can. hope we get back to normal.
1: Yeah. Hopefully, we'll we'll be there in, in person seeing Scott at Liberty National.
2: Yeah. When they come around here to Jersey. Yeah. And then uh, maybe a trip to Tennessee. Frank, what do you think?
1: Maybe. Maybe get a good workout in, in Tennessee. <laughs> Pay the man. Right? Pay the man. Pay hey, the man. All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in. Thanks, of course, to Scott Stones for coming on the show. You can get to the uh, show notes by going to GolfCity.com slash episode 352. Uh, and we'll see everybody again next week.